follow days in flight, each day bringing new particles of being. If a man lived correctly, the flow of time rendered him richer, not poorer. That was two. Aging should be a profitable transaction, a natural exchange of physical and mental strength for spiritual strength, of outward beauty for inner. That was three. Everything depended on the quality of your wine. If it was cheap, age would sour it. If it was noble, it would only improve. The conclusion from this was, the older a man becomes, the more his quality must improve. That was four. Oh, and there was a fifth point as well. Eras Petrovich had no intention of renouncing his physical and mental strength and he devised a special program to ensure that he wouldn't. In each succeeding year of his life, he had to conquer a new frontier. Actually, two frontiers, a physical sporting one and an intellectual one. Then growing old would not be frightening, but interesting. A long-term plan for the prospective territorial expansion was drawn up quite rapidly. A plan so ambitious that the next fifty years might not suffice. Of his as-yet unfulfilled goals in the intellectual line, Fandorin intended to achieve the following. At long last, learn the German language properly, since war with Germany and Austro-Hungary was obviously inevitable. Master Chinese. One year was not enough for this, two would be required. It would have been longer, but he already knew the hieroglyphs. Fill a shameful lacuna in his knowledge of the world by familiarizing himself thoroughly with the Muslim culture, for which he would have to learn Arabic and make a thorough study of the Quran in the original, set aside three years. Read his way through classical and modern literature, Eras Petrovich had always found himself chronically short of time for this, and so on and so forth. His sporting goals, for the immediate future, included the following, learning to fly an aeroplane, devoting a year or so to an intriguing Olympic pastime, useful for improving motor coordination, pole vaulting, taking up mountain climbing, and quite definitely mastering skin diving, using the new type of rebreather in which the improved oxygen supply regulator made it possible to dive to a significant depth for long periods. Ah! There was far too much to list everything. In the five years that had passed since Fandorin had taken fright at his fright, the methodology of correct ageing had already produced quite decent results. Every year he had ascended one step higher, or rather two steps, so that now he looked down on his former fifty-year-old self. By his fifty-first birthday, as an intellectual accomplishment, Eras Petrovich had learned the Spanish language, the lack of which he had felt so badly while cruising in the Caribbean. The step up for his body had been trick-riding. Of course, he had ridden before, but not brilliantly, and this was a useful ability and, in addition, highly entertaining, far more enjoyable than the automobile races of which he had grown so weary. By the age of fifty-two, Pandorin had learned to speak Italian, and significantly improved his level of skill in Kenjutsu, Japanese swordsmanship. He had been taught this splendid science 
by the Japanese consul Baron Shigeyama, a holder of the highest dan. By the end of the assigned period, Eras Petrovich was winning two out of every three contests with the baron, and conceding one, but only in order not to offend his sensei. The fifty-third year of Fandorin's life was devoted, on the one hand, to classical and modern philosophy. Unfortunately, his education had been limited to the grammar school. And, on the other, to motorcycle riding, which, in terms of thrills, was in every way a match for equestrianism. During the previous year of 1910, Erast Petrovich's mind had been occupied with chemistry, the most rapidly developing of modern sciences, and he had occupied his body with juggling, at first sight a trivial matter, mere foolish nonsense, but it fine hones the synchronization of movements and precise motor skills.